You're listening to Subconscious Mind Mastery, podcast number 143. Thomas Miller back with you. And yes, this is a continuation of podcast 142. So if you're working your way from iTunes working backwards, skip down to podcast 142 first and then come back up here. Because literally, this is just an ongoing, we're starting back up where we left off. We are discussing Neville Goddard's article called Believe It In, where basically the technique that Dave asked was, what about this concept of saying something in the past tense as though it was reality? Something that we would like to have in our lives, we state it as though it already exists. It's the exact same concept as scripting. Scripting, you write something like you're a journalist writing about an event that just took place. So a journalist, unless they were doing a live shot of breaking news, would always talk about something that had just happened. But they would talk about it in the urgency of its fulfillment. In other words, like a traffic accident. Let's say that, uh, you know, in, in your town that a milk truck collided with a chicken truck. They had to clean up all the chickens in the milk before rush hour could continue. You know, there's the reporter out there talking about what had happened, the collision, what's going on now, the cleanup, and what the impact is. But that's creating a real situation right now. And that's the concept going on here. You can do that through the concept of scripting. So you can write in your journal or in your uh, computer program things that you would like to see unfold in your life, but you write about them as though they've already happened. Write it as a journalist covering you. That's a very powerful technique. There's another addition to that is you can buy a thin notebook. Don't get it too thin, but you want at least, say, 30 or 60 or something pages in there. And the idea is that if you write in that journal every day on a page about what you want, that by the time you have written on the last page of the journal, it has fulfilled. And you set the intention that that's what happens. If you're looking for just a really cool little powerful manifesting technique, try that. Go pick up a little journal and write in it every day about what you want, but write in the past tense. Write as though it had happened to you and see what happens by the time you get to the end of the, of the journal. So what are these techniques doing? What is the Neville Goddard believe it in scripting, etc. doing? Well, a couple of points. Number one... It's recognizing that we, as I said in the last, at the end of the last podcast, it's recognizing that we are source, not from source, not part of source. We are source. Remember in the last podcast, I told you about the water bottle and the ocean. We are not the ocean, but we, as a unique vessel, have the ocean in us. The second thing this does is that it implies that our mind or our imagination, fuels our reality. So, you know, a couple of podcasts back, we talked about vibration. See, all of this fits together because our imagination creates our vibration. It's really our imagining our thoughts that creates the vibration that we're in. If we're having a bad day, then we're having a bad vibration. We're creating bad imaginations. If we're having a great day, then we're creating good imaginations. So this was one of the other things I had to think through as I was preparing for this, is the question that I was grappling with. What is then the role of our imagination, and what is the role of source? Well, it really just kind of answered itself. Our imagination, our vibration, is what triggers source. 
to act on our behalf. And like I said in the podcast about that, this is a switch that is always on. So what you are imagining, what you are vibrating, source, the universe, God, is always responding to. See, this is like a huge myth of Christian prayer today, where people are beseeking God as though God is out there. Think of the water bottle ocean example again. You don't have to seek what's out there. It's in you. All you have to do is tune into that and become that. When you plug into that with vibrations that correspond to what you want, it starts to show up. Let's go back to the example of my friend in the last podcast who was an international artist who thinks that this is all, you know, mush-mush. In reality, she gets very inspired from her intuitive self. As an artist, you do that. That's the expression that's coming out, whether you're writing a song, singing or performing a song, or doing a beautiful painting. It all is coming from that inner inspiration. And then all she's doing is just putting legs to that inner inspiration by getting out the paint and or the drawing tools and creating a magnificent piece of art. Where all of this New Age teaching breaks down is when somebody is left with the perception that she was, that all you have to do is flap your arms and you can fly. It, that's a misteaching. If you're left with that impression from watching The Secret or for goodness sakes, if you're left with that impression from listening to this podcast, I apologize. It takes both. It takes the inner inspiration combined with you doing your very best. You putting all of your abilities and all of your conscious mind effort into what your intuition has guided you to do. That's the inspiration of wonderful, beautiful art. That's the inspiration behind a classical piece of music. Or American Pie by Don McLean. <laughs> you know, he was inspired to write this amazing song given to a generation. And then he had to get out a pen and paper and capture it. And then he had to train himself to play the musical instruments that he played, sing in tune like he did, and then go into the recording studio and produce a classic like that was. None of that came from him sitting around in his apartment doing LSD and thinking that, all, that it all was going to happen. But the art analogy or the songwriter analogy is a beautiful way to express this, that this comes from within, and then we put feet to that fire without. Bob Proctor even talked about this in the uh, Science of Getting Rich, in his, in his version of the Science of Getting Rich, when he, uh, and I'm not going to quote this exactly, but it's basically... Come up with the vision in your mind and then move your feet. The faster and better and more efficiently you move your feet, the better it's going to come about. So think about this as you are to give it your everything and all. Best when inspired by that intuitive leading and guidance. And then when you hit the end of your rope, God, the universe, source, supply, love, all that is all, the Alpha and Omega, is going to be there to fill in the gaps and carry you the rest of the way. I have seen that over and over and over in my own life and in the lives of others. And speaking of, this is a huge point. You can't project your own reality, for example, as a generality that works for everybody else. Your soul's path is not my soul's path. 
So struggles, challenges, personality types, aptitudes that I may have or not have, you might have, or you might not have had the struggles that I've had. Your path is different, so you can't universally say this type of manifestation would happen to this person and not to that person. It's all part of your soul's journey. So it's not about flapping your arms and flying. It's not about that one person seems to just have all the luck and another person has to struggle. Maybe one soul created a life of luxury and ease because they've had five lifetimes of hell. And maybe another soul created a lifetime of challenge and struggle so that they could grow in particular areas that they specifically wanted to grow. I think that's another big mistake with all of this, is we universally blanket this across the board for everybody, omitting that this is all about a fundamental soul journey. In fact, Amir teaches that in his program. He says that our whole existence is created to bring us back to source. And again, that's a concept that holds universally true. If you look across all the major religions, if you look across all the major spiritual teaching, it all teaches that, that we came here as the water bottle, as a vessel, as a separate vessel. We left a world where there was no duality, and we entered into this earth school as a vessel of duality so that we could learn the lessons that we need to learn in order to grow back to source. You want to know the definition of higher consciousness? It's becoming aware that that is the process that you are going through. That is higher consciousness. What you choose to do with that is up to you. Do you choose to start living the life of the soul, or do you continue to follow the ego path? Now, I've got to get back to my notes. I've digressed quite a bit here. But think about this. Let's say that there was nothing between you and what it is that you want fulfilled, whatever you want. There's nothing between you and it except you. Whoa. Go back to the water bottle example. There's nothing between the water that's in the bottle and the ocean except the water bottle. When you get the water bottle out of the way, that's ego self, then what is left is one with the source. Here's another way to just think about this. Let's say that you had very wise parents who understood this and brought you up in this kind of teaching. They taught you that you were one with source. They taught you that you could manifest things through your imagination and through your envisionings. They taught you that the universe works through your intentions. And as a child, you became a really good manifester. I've heard this so many times. I've talked to people who say, oh, I used to do that when I was a kid, but then I got away from it. Why did they get away from it? If you were raised that way as a child, that you could ask from source anything you wanted, how would your life be different today? See, you would believe that. You would be practiced in it. You would have results that show you that that is the way the universe works. Your consciousness would be seeking itself back to source. If you've been living that since you were a little bitty kid, how much of the ego then would be removed from the process? See, that's where we get off track. Because we live in this world of duality, our physicality takes over and we start to believe that what's around us is real. I told you in the last podcast this was going to be a heady conversation and this was going to go deep. 
All right, since we've been talking about the Bible, let's just pull a story out of the Bible to illustrate this. This is from the New Testament, which I even have more questions about. But this is a pretty good story, the story of Peter walking on the water. Do you remember the story? Jesus had stayed back, sent the disciples across the Sea of Galilee in a little boat. Storm comes up. The disciples are afraid for their life. So it must have been an abnormal storm because these guys grew up in that region and they knew those waters well. So this must have been a doozy. And as they were panicking and bailing and paddling as fast as they could, they look out and they see Jesus walking across the water. Peter, being the ambitious type A personality that he was described to be, says, well, if this is real, if this is reality, then I should be able to duplicate it. So he said, can I step out on the water and walk toward you? And Jesus said, come on. And Peter steps out of the boat and he's walking on the water until he starts to look around at the waves. Then he starts to sink. When he looks back at Jesus, his source, he floats back up to the top of the water. Now, that might be a far-fetched story for you to believe. I don't know. Doesn't matter. I don't know if that story is real or not real. But the principles that it teaches are spot on. Source, represented here by Jesus, can create the miraculous. We can experience the miraculous in our own lives if we keep our eyes on the source. Now, if you're asking at this point in your mind whether or not Thomas is saying that you can walk on water, you're missing the whole point. Please email me or get in the Facebook group and we'll straighten it out. What I'm saying is, you keep your eyes on source, you will experience miracles. When you take your eyes off of source and you start looking at the problems around you, the waves, as Peter was like, oh, I can't do this, I'm sinking. And then what does he do? He cries back to Jesus for help, looks to source. When he got one with source again, he's back on top of the problems. So what this really boils down to is, where is your attention? I recorded Fred's audiobook, The Miracles of Attention and Awareness. And Fred says in the introduction of that book that that topic is the most important topic he's written about. Why? Because where you put your focus, where you put your attention is what creates your reality. For our fisherman friend Peter, when he was focused and had his attention on the source, he could do anything. When he put his attention on the reality around him, he sank right down. So obviously, you have to ask yourself, where do you put your attention most of the time? If it is mostly on the reality around you, then you will be driven by that reality. If you focus your attention on what you want and you hold that true in your mind, you are going to move yourself closer to that reality. You truly do get what you focus on. My friend, the artist sees the image of that painting or that sketch drawing in her mind, and then she translates it onto the canvas. As I'm recording this, Billy Graham has just been laid to rest. He passed away at 99 years old. Been a lot of news stories, and as you click on one, of course, it leads you to another. And I happened to see a few minutes of one of his crusades from 1971. And I'm telling you, that man had pure charisma, powerful speaker radiant blue eyes. I mean, this guy would have owned any room that he had walked into, and he did. Working with every president since, what, Truman? The only layperson since Rosa Parks to lie in state in the U.S. Capitol? 
a man who could hold a whole football stadium full of people at his command decades before they had big screen projection TV? I mean, this guy was incredibly powerful. You look inside his life and you get this same combination, inner inspiration combined with using his best physical talents to put it to work. He drew on his source, which was the God of the Bible, and then he put 100% of himself into it. He gave it everything he had. Plus, he was just very naturally gifted. But that's how this works. That's the combination, is that inner inspiration. Then you see it as already happened. And then in that inspiration, you apply your talents, gifts, and abilities, knowing that you're drawing from a higher source that will fill in the gaps according to a plan that is bigger and beyond yourself. Let all this sink in, and what I'd encourage you to do is to, if you're not already, join in on that Facebook group, Subconscious Mind Mastery Listeners group in Facebook, and then put your own observations in there about what we've been talking about. Do you agree? Do you not agree? Do you struggle with the concept? Or have you had a massive breakthrough and seen all this click together and work for you? Share it in that Facebook group. Would love to interact with you there. Most importantly, take all of this to heart and put it to practice in your life. And as you do, enjoy the journey. The opinions on this podcast are those of the host based on personal experience only and are not intended as medical or psychological advice. If you are experiencing symptoms that require professional treatment, please contact a licensed medical practitioner. The stories and opinions expressed on this podcast are independently those of the host and guests and are not intended to be taken as medical advice or to replace medical care from a licensed professional when appropriate.